Hi, I'm Ahim Osman, Principal in KPMG's Global Mobility Service Practice. And I'm joined by Catherine Moldari, Managing Director in our GMS practice. Catherine, welcome to this discussion about the impact of mergers and acquisitions on global mobility programs. Happy to be a part of it. Allow me to kick things off, Akim, by setting some context. There's quite a bit of activity in the mergers and acquisitions space, and organizations often underestimate the impact on global mobility and globally mobile employees. Both you and I have been involved in some interesting projects as a result over the years. Yep, that is true. Well, people listening may have heard of some of the more famous mega M&A deals that have made the headlines over the years. Dow Chemical and DuPont, Heinz and Kraft Foods, and Bristol-Myers Squibb and Celogene, just to name a few. And those are just the headline grabbers. The majority of the deals are not so mega. Alone, the first three quarters of 2019 saw deals worth $2.9 trillion. That's an amazing statistic. And deals are happening across industries and for profit and nonprofit organizations equally. So M&A activities are here to stay and we will have and will have an impact on your mobile workforce. So looking at it from a globally mobility standpoint, the first questions we get from clients and assignees are, what do the changes mean? How will global mobility programs on each side of the deal be affected? The question we can address today is simply this. What should global mobility program managers be doing once they learn that a deal is in the cards? Great question. It's important that the head of global mobility gets involved in the deal as early as possible and understand what the mechanics and the timing of the deal are to start planning how it impacts their assignees. For example, the organization should determine the impact to the letters of understanding, the assignee immigration status, certificate of coverage, global compliance, just to name a few assignment-related topics that need to be addressed. And once mobility and HR leaders have initial answers to these questions, proactive communications to the employees are critical to prevent the rumor mill and to ensure that employees stay focused on their day-to-day -day job instead of worrying. To be honest, Kat, they probably may be worrying. They may have spouses working in the foreign location and children in school. They may be homeowners or locked into leases. And mobility leaders need to be prepared for questions and concerns. Providing appropriate and sensitive support and guidance is key. Might also be a good time to try and understand the deal partner's corporate culture, their global mobility policies, the assignee population, the types of assignments that are represented, and their geographic spread, amongst other things. Yes, this is really a good next step. It is also a good time to undertake what we call a health check on your own global mobility program and its policies. As the deal goes through, information data will need to be obtained and shared with executives and key organizational stakeholders, and possibly also with your deal, deal partner counterpart. Valid point. I do remember when I was on site at a client, I needed to provide policies, processes, vendor relationships, assignment type, locations, compensation, payroll, and it had to be all at the ready just when the deal partner was ready to come to the table with HR, tax, and mobility. And my guess is that wasn't easy to do since it was ad hoc. So true. <laughs> there are things that need to be done before the acquisition or deposition occurs, as it occurs, and after the dust settles from the deal. However, timelines may not always be perfectly linear. Often throughout the deal, um, organizations may face what is often referred to as the Chinese wall or 
silence requirements affecting the passage of free deal information between companies. Thus, having a playbook and a due diligence checklist available to respond quickly once the information can be exchanged is and is permissible is critical. And with these deals, both sides are looking at synergies. Sometimes those synergies result in a decision of redundant roles and positions. So now the question is, what's the policy for a terminated or redundant employee who's on assignment? And program managers need to determine if they repatriate their employees before or after termination. What are the legal ramifications? Which severance policies apply? Just to name a few. Complicated stuff and it's advisable to work closely with legal counsel and home and host HR to get to the best conclusion for the organization as well as the employees. One thing's for sure, program managers have their work cut out for them. They need to assess whether their mobility program and policies have what it takes to manage foreseeable and unforeseeable circumstances arising from an acquisition or disposition. It's essential that the program managers undertake their due diligence, the health check that you referred to, if not today, but once they learn of the deal on the horizon, figure out where their gaps are and then take the steps to address them. M&A will continue to be part of the global business environment. They certainly complicate managing global mobility programs and globally mobile employees. But once the writing's on the wall, it's time to get started doing your due diligence. Ultimately, the aim should be to help allay assigning anxieties and contribute to efficient, smooth transition for your global mobility program and your assignees as your organization goes through this transformation. Well, Catherine, thanks for being part of this discussion and helping put things in perspective. It's been my pleasure and great to see you again, Austin. And to those listening, if you have thoughts on today's episode or ideas for future episodes, send us an email at us.taxwatch at kpmg.com 